Hi there, welcome to PostStatus Excerpt. We've got a great developer-focused, friendly episode for you this week. But first, let's talk about one great sponsor, and that sponsor is WP Engine. WP Engine is great for developers and for users alike because they offer a WordPress digital experience platform that drives your business forward faster. Now, simply put, they make WordPress easier and faster. They do all the heavy lifting for their customers. So their customers, like you, could focus on their core business and win online. Um, some of my sites are hosted on WP Engine, and they're great. I love how they do their staging environments, their development environments. I love their customer support. So feel free to check them out at postedis.com slash WP Engine. I was actually curious and interested when you mentioned um, you were working with Docker to create an instance. I don't think many people actually know what Docker is um, and how it's being used. So I wanted to talk to you about that today. And, you know, we don't have to get too technical, um, but I think that there's plenty of developers out there that at least should know what it is. And if they ever come across a use case where it makes sense, then great. They know they can explore that and what the pros and cons would be. So okay. let's start off with the obvious um, that you can do better than I can. Can you basically explain what Docker is besides it being um, a whale or a barge? <laughs> well, as, as icons, as with every good internet um, story, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about history. I'm old um, enough. Yeah. But, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're old enough to remember the days when um, developing a website meant you had to have every, all the tools on your desktop, you know, in, installed and, and current. And I say desktop because this is, you know, this is back before laptops were common. Um, but you had to, you know, since we developed WordPress, we had to have PHP, we had MySQL, or MySQL, we had to have Apache, all of that installed on my machine. And this was just, this was horrible because um, every system was a little bit different, but I only could, I could only have one system on my computer. So then along comes virtual machines and we can run computers inside computers. And, you know, if you really had the RAM, you could run computers inside computers inside computers. And there was a time when, um, back when I used uh, Mac, I had a couple of Windows programs that I had to use, and I would use VMware to run inside that. You know, yeah. inside Mac, I would run Windows just to run these um, programs. But we started developing with VMware um, virtual box and programs like this. And that allowed us to, to encapsulate everything and everything was all in one container and I could bring that up and work on it and I could shut that down. I could bring up another one and work on it and they could be totally different. And, and, and that was good. And everybody looked and said, and this is good, mm -hmm. but, um, but there were some problems. Yeah. There were problems with it. The biggest problem was that it just took up tons of resources, okay? Um, RAM, hard disk space, everything, because you were loading an entire operating system. So if, right. you had a, if you had a really beefy machine, you could run two of these bad boys at the same time. I just finished a contract with a um, large company that had six WordPress installs, all of them huge and all of them slightly different. So, you know, when I wanted to move between the instances, I'd have to shut one down and bring one up. So then along comes 
containers. And Docker is the commercial entity that we all think of when we say containers, but it's actually a technology um, that Docker is built on. But let's talk about Docker as containers. Um, but along comes that, and it basically says, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, and, and I'm really trying to, to boil it down to its essentials, but it basically says, look, we've got all the rest of the operating system. All we need is this one little piece. So in this container, I'm going to load this one little piece. So when I spin up a Docker container, I get just the bare necessities necessary of operating system necessary to make things run. And then I get everything else that I want set up. Now, these days, you can't just spin up one container. You got to, you know, everything's got to be in its own container. So Apache is in one container and because I don't use Nginx. Um, and MySQL or MariahDB is in one container. I use a mail program called MailHog to suck up all my emails when I'm testing. So nothing actually goes out to anybody. Yeah, MailHog's yeah, in its own fun. container. I'm familiar you know, with that. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah, and so, but but orchestrating containers now has become a job unto itself. But that's what it is. It's just the bare necessities uh, or the the bare bones that's necessary to make this one thing run. So these containers, pause on these containers for a second. So if you have Apache in one and MySQL in the other, then these containers are able to obviously interact with each other, stack on top of each other or next to each if other? You, if you set it up right, you, you, you build um, networks you, you, or you build a network and then you can attach uh, your containers to the different networks. And on any given machine, you know, if, if I've got three different systems running, I could technically have three different networks running if I felt like it. Hmm. Okay. So it's not necessary to have everything in one container then. No, uh, that, that was the way we originally did it, but they we figured out that it was easier to um, to move beyond that. And that's where we get Docker Compose. And Docker Compose sits on top of Docker, and it says, okay, um, you, you, with Docker Compose, they tried to make it easy, but I'm doing the quotey fingers here, easy, yeah. because it uh, Docker Compose files are YAML files. Nothing's easy about YAML. So... Um, you know, you, you build a YAML file that says, I need a um, server that has this version of Apache and this version of PHP. And I need a server that has this version of MariahDB. And I need a server here that has um, MailHog. And there's, there's a bunch of, you know, you can pretty much load just about anything into a container. And then um, Docker, you say Docker compose up and it brings it all up. Huh. And then you can Docker compose stop and it shuts it all down. So. It's really cool. And that, that's also where you can define, I want to use this network for these apps to talk to each other. So I think I may have stopped you or paused you there on your personal experiences with it. Um, what is the best way that you've used this uh, container or Docker system in your, in your development work, preferably if it's related to WordPress? Well, uh, there's uh, two different ways. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I've just rebuilt my entire infrastructure here at the house. And I went from about, and I, I, I kid you not, four or five little Raspberry Pis, oh, each I running its things. own little thing. Well, I do too, but um, I had one of them as my archive server, and I was running Nextcloud. And Nextcloud is a wonderful system. It runs great on the Raspberry Pi, but I had a five terabyte USB drive attached to it, and that's just slow. Right. So I, I, I said, I want to rebuild all this because I have several different systems running here at the house. So I put one server here at the house and everything is in its own Docker container. And then I have a 
thin little layer um, that's another Docker container on top of all of that that handles all of the requests so I can use regular URLs to get to different um, systems running on my, my new system. And I've been able to containerize everything so that nothing actually runs on the, bare, the, the base OS or the, um, I think I'm using um, Rocky OS for this, um, but nothing runs on Rocky. Everything runs on uh, inside a container. And the upside of that is I've got systems that some of them use uh, PHP 8.1. Some of them are still stuck at 7.4. It doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about that because it, whatever it needs, I just load into that container. Hmm. But for development purposes, um, it's, it, it can get a little tricky, especially because I got to the point where um, the early days of Docker, I got to the point where instead of the first step was to install everything, the first step was to get the or to get the containers up and running. And literally on any given um, serious project, that was my first night of work was just getting all the containers running. If I got that done, then I called it quits and um, you know grabbed my bottle of bourbon and went in and <laughs> sold myself because that was a major task. Yeah, bourbon should come after, not before, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, but then I came across a um, project called Lando, and Lando kind of makes it a whole lot easier. Now, Lando has some issues on Mac because Docker has issues on Mac. For some reason, Mac used to be the best. Um, I used to tell people that Mac was the best implementation of Linux with a pretty face that I'd ever seen. But they got away from the, the true Linux kernel, or they actually, I don't think they ever used the Linux kernel, they used the GNU kernel. But um, they got away from all that and they, they've started making some decisions that make things not as optimal for developers, which mm. is fine if that's not their target market, they make those decisions. Um, I'm running on Windows uh, specifically. I've got Windows 11, but I just you know I've just moved to that. I've been using Windows 10, and the Windows uh, subsystem for Linux is just phenomenal. And so I can load Docker on WSL, and then load Lando on top of that, and literally I can go in and with one or two commands I can spin up a instance of WordPress in its own containers. And I say containers because there's usually two, sometimes three or four, depending on um, what I'm doing. And then, and, and so all I say is once I get it configured, which is usually less than about 20 minutes, once I get everything spun up, I can bring it up, I can start working on um, WordPress immediately. And when I'm done, either for the night or done with the project, I can just do a um, Lando stop, boom, all shuts down. It's not taking up any of my resources. And if I start it back up, everything's right there the way I left it. Yeah, that's so, what I was about to, about to say. It just doesn't magically reset. I mean, you're obviously working with files and in, in development work and all of that. So once you shut it down, do you still have access to those files? It's just that you just can't see it running in WordPress? Because WordPress no, actually, the running? files the files are still there. Um, everything to, to create a new instance, I create, uh, I have a directory called projects and I go into projects and I create a directory for my project and I go in there and issue a Lando init command. And there's two or three questions that ask me, one of them is what recipe do you want to use? And I say WordPress. It says, oh, okay, I know how to configure WordPress. So it will set everything up for me. And then one, uh, the init, all that does is create my configuration YAML file, my um, .lando.yaml. Uh, 
once I get that, and I'll usually go in and tweak it and, you know, add a few things. I've got a couple standard things that I always add mm-hmm. that, um, it, you know, it, it doesn't normally add a couple of programs that I like having around. So I, I, I add those in. And then I say, Lando, start. And the first time it says, okay, I'm going to download everything. I'm going to configure everything. I'm going to start it up. And now you're done. And it even gives me URLs. If I call the project, um, I actually have one called WordPress test. Okay. It will, at the very end of Lando start, it will display on the screen in the command window, all the URLs. And you can use um, IP addresses with port numbers, or it actually gives me a um, WP test. I think it's dot um, local that I can click on. I click on that and boom, it pops it up for me. And uh, I'm now in WordPress. And if I've done everything right, I'm actually seeing 2022. I'm not having to install everything after that. It uses WPCLI to install everything so that boom, I'm just ready to go. So it sounds like to me, like if you were to make an analogy with something that is not hosted locally, um, I mean, there's there there is a lot more um, local solutions now that kind of streamline the onboarding process for WordPress. I even Map Pro now does has a they have this thing where you can you can hit a button and it will configure something and install the site and all that. It only has WordPress as the button. It's only ever had WordPress as the button. Everything else you would, I, well, I'm guessing you would have to get yourself. So it's, it's a little more time consuming, but I think they mm-hmm. recognize that most people probably are using this for WordPress, but more like DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean, I realize you don't, they're, 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 they're obviously hosting things out there, but you do go through a process where, yes, I want this specific environment with this specific operating system or, you can say, just give me the latest with the latest version of WordPress or any other software, but it's typically WordPress with me. You can check a few things, add a few things, just like you said, customize it a little bit, you know, hit a button and then boom, you've got, you've got your environment, which you can turn on. There are droplets you can turn on or off. Now, granted, that is not being hosted locally at all, but it is out in the cloud, but it's essentially... If you're familiar with that, then you should be familiar. Once Docker and Lando are set up, it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but a very similar process. And is this, Crystal, am I, am I right on that? Yes, and, you're, you're absolutely right with one caveat, okay? There is no web-based interface for Lando. That was my okay. next question. Is this all command line or is there is this there a GUI at all? 100% command line. That's okay. one of the reasons I love it. Um, it you know, I, I started programming in DOS, okay? So me I too. love working in the command line. But, um, th- th- but, but to it, me, there's there's a separation between, like, I can do command line, but when I start getting into Git commands, that's where, like, I have to start really um, wishing for a command line interface. But <laughs> I imagine yeah. the people that are going to be using this anyway, like me, are at least quite familiar enough with the command line where that wouldn't be a problem, though. Yeah, and, and honestly, um, Lando, the first time I used it, it took me about an hour to spin up my first WordPress, okay? And after that, it's just, I've, like I said, I've got it now, now to um, a complex Word WordPress um, situation. It takes me about 20 minutes. And complex is, I am, I've got a couple of plugins that I wrote and I maintain, and I'm the only one that uses them. Well, you have to set it up a little bit different if I'm going to be working on a plugin, but I can set up a WordPress instance 
that only has that plugin and anything it needs. I don't have to have a full-blown copy of the website that it's running on. Hmm. I can isolate it down to just that one plugin. And when I get ready to work on that one plugin, I go in, I say, um, Lando start, it brings it up. And, you know, I'll, I'll go in and since I use Composer for my um, packages, I'll do, I'll make sure that I'm running the latest version of everything that I need to be running. And I'll go in and make sure WordPress is updated, but that's about it. And I'm ready to code at that point. What developers, what questions should a developer ask themselves if Docker is right for them? And don't ask your doctor, he's not going to know, but... (laughs) What questions um, would they ask themselves to at least consider Docker as an option if they're setting up a develop, development environment? Well, the, um, the, the biggest question in, that I had to struggle with is, do I want to do local development or am I okay with cloud development? Because more and more, a lot of our stuff is moving to the cloud. Um, there's a lot of systems. I don't want to um, call any amount because I don't use any of them, so I don't want to recommend any of them. Mm-hmm. But there's systems out there that will allow you to spin up containers on the web attached to those containers using something like VS Code or PHP Storm or whatever your favorite IDE is and do all of your development there. Now here at the house, that's probably an okay thing because um, my cable provider or my um, internet provider is mostly solid. So I could, um, I could do work like that and I've got enough bandwidth to do that. However, the reason I don't do that is if I get ready to travel, I lose access to it. Uh, right. I have actually tried to um, do work off of an internet on an airplane and it's absolutely horrific experience. So I'm still old school. I want to do my stuff locally. Okay. Also, I have a desktop and a laptop. So I, you know, I can spin my work up, do my work, um, use Git to commit it, push it up to the repo. I can go over to my laptop. I can pull it down if I get ready to, to go to um, Panera Bread or you know, wherever and hang out. I, I, I can walk with it. So Yeah, you have the I, whole thing there with you, though. That's the that's yes. an advantage. And is it I have also, the entire thing. Is it also an advantage, too, if you're working on a team that you can sync this stuff up so that you can all share these instances or at least share copies of the instances so you're all running on the same software? Yeah, and that was the the um, the solution that we came up with when I was working this contract was we were using VMware and everything was huge. We needed something better, and so one of the um, one of the seniors on the team she came up with this idea of let's look at Lando, and we were moving from VMware to Docker, so that was a, a kind of a, a, a stretch, but. All of a sudden, it, everything was a whole lot easier because I could literally go in and spin up website A and it would clone down the latest version of it for me and everything. And then I can go into the plugin that I wanted to work on because we maintained about 40 custom plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go into that plugin, create a branch, and do my work. And since I created a branch, my local copy worked off the branch. I could see all my changes. I didn't affect anybody else, but because I was pushing up to GitHub, uh, you know, two or three times a day, anybody who wanted to see my work or wanted to try my work out, all they had to do was download it or, you know, pull and swap to that branch and they could do it because we both had the same workflow and we both had the same um, system set up on our laptops. Yeah. And at at one point, 
I don't know if they finished this, but at one point um, there, right before I left, they were starting to move each of their plugins into their own separate Lando containers. So instead of spinning up the development for this site, for website A, they would go in and spin up a small one that only had this plugin and the stuff necessary to make this plugin work, which sometimes was kind of complex if it was one of the commerce plugins, but still that was better than having to have everything and they could isolate their work to just this work. What that appeals to me is that a lot of times in the situation I find myself in is that I'm doing development work, the support people from this company say, this customer's reporting this issue. And of course, you know, they, let's assume that they can replicate it on their own, the support can replicate it on their own machines. What we have to do is they also have to take the extra step of, of replicating it also on a commonly shared testing environment, mm. um, which means going out to the web and all of that. Um, and that can get annoying sometimes because sometimes the support people says, well, I can see the issue here, but I can't see it on the testing site. And which means that there, I mean, usually it's because of some sort of um, like something with the version number is different, or maybe PHP 8.1 is running here and it's eight or seven something over here. You know, there, there's a bunch of things you have to think about when that make you go, Hmm, I wonder why that's wrong yeah. or why that's not working. But I can see an instance where if I can spin up some, a, the same environment as my support guy who is reporting the issue that all, I mean, literally he could almost put the problem in there for me. <laughs> I can see it and I wouldn't have to follow the steps or make sure I have this version or this thing turned on or this thing, you know, set up properly to be able to at least see it. And I tell you, a lot of times it's, it takes longer sometimes to replicate an issue that you want to see in front of you. Right. I mean, it's, 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 you know, okay. You have a customer that has an issue. You even a support guy can see it, but unless I can see it in, in my face, start touching the code to start, you know, affecting that error message that I'm seeing, you know, I, even if I have to dig myself, you know how debugging works. Sometimes you have to break things more to, to get back to where you, to get back to something functioning, right? That could be an incredibly helpful scenario. If like, of course the customer is not going to be able to do Docker, but, or containers, but at least you and your support person could, and um, that would take a lot of time off. So that would be, that would be a helpful use case. And I, I think one of the, one of the, things are going back to an earlier conversation. I think one of the disadvantages and things where the jokes come from is that it's resource uh, containers in itself and like Docker's a uses containers. So it's, it could be synonymous with containers or, or the mention or the context of it, but it's resource heavy and it's complex. It sounds like yeah. Lando does take the, 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 the sharp edge off of those things. Um, so if, it sounds like to me, if you're considering Docker or contain, Lando works with Docker, right? I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the Lando is a layer on top of Docker. Docker. Um, it, it is an orchestration layer. And uh, as far as I can tell, and I've not dug into the docs, but as far as I can tell, it doesn't continually run. It helps orchestrate bringing Docker up and then Lando goes away unless you need it. And then, you know, I can issue several Lando commands to do things um, outside of the containers. I don't have to go into the containers to do things. Like uh, most of the time when I'm working on WordPress, I have it set up so that um, I can issue Lando WP and issue WPCLI commands inside the container without having to SSH into the container. It just makes life a lot easier. Oh, that's handy, definitely. So it sounds like to me, if you're gonna use Docker, then Lando seems like a no brainer thing to 
consider right for development. Along with it. Absolutely, I don't use it on production. I don't see the need for it. Right. But, um, but for development, man, it makes life so much easier. And, you know, like I said, twenty minutes I can spin up a WordPress, try an idea out, and if the idea doesn't work, as most of mine don't, then I, you know, I, I've not wasted an evening trying to set <laughs> everything up. You know, yes. I just, I, I can just destroy it, throw it away, and it's like it never existed. Yeah, it, if this if this were a car, then you probably would have me sold by now, and I would be out probably taking a <laughs> test drive. Speaking of test drives, though, what's the best way to take a test drive of this without investing a lot of maybe time, effort? What, what's the best approach, or what would you recommend to someone who's ready to take a dive? There's a lot of great tutorials out there on how to get Lando spun up, okay? If you're using Windows and you have the Windows subsystem for Linux, I have a bare bones do this type how-to. It doesn't go into the why you need to do stuff. It says, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, boom. Um, and it takes you everything from um, installing Lando and Lando will install Docker for you and getting everything set up. And then from that point, it's just a matter of going out to the Lando docs and deciding what you want to um, do. I mean, Right now, it supports Drupal, Joomla, Laravel, Symfony, and WordPress. Those are just the, the full systems that it will spin up. Or you can say, I want to do something custom. I need this, 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 and this. So, uh, But I recommend you um, sticking with the recipes that they've got for your first couple. Get, to you, get used to it. Get, um, see how it works. But, you know, spin one up. And then the whole reason we started this conversation was I wrote a um, system and the it, it's publicly available out on GitLab um, called, uh, uh, I think it's WP Copy Lando, but it um, has a Lando, it's a Lando um, file for you. So if you want to use that, you copy this, instead of doing a Lando init, you copy this over into a new directory, you look at it, you tinker with it, and you say um, Lando start. And it will spin up WordPress just like regular um, Lando because it's a regular Lando recipe. Mm -hmm. But then it's also got a new command called WP copy. And you have to go in and fill out uh, an environment file, a .env file with your SSH credentials and stuff like that from where you're copying it to. But it will make a copy of a production website down to your local system. Doesn't matter how big it is, it might take a while if it's a huge site, but it's gonna copy everything down, database, files, graphics, all of that stuff. And because you know, WordPress is a little bit weird about being moved, it's gonna make the changes necessary in the database so that your local copy is going to work properly. Yeah, like so, a blog name, site name, and probably yeah. some stuff in serialized content or something, maybe like Yeah, that. well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to use WPCLI um, search replace yeah. to walk through the entire database, find every instance of the production domain, and change it to the new Lando version. Okay, that's fantastic. Locally. Yeah, so we we'll, you know, no, go ahead. I, I can do that, and um, you know, I, I can start that up, go to lunch, come back. It, I've got a, a working copy of my blog, which has been on WordPress since 2005 and is huge and ugly and has a lot of tables and <laughs> for stuff that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, my back house, before we that, knew better. You're so. describing my house right now. It's huge and ugly. <laughs> I've got way too many tables from it. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I like this um, – Thank, thank you for this uh, approach or this uh, Cliff Notes version into containers and Dockers in itself and Lando, of course. And, of course, the script that you have, too, I think was originally how we started the conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure to um, give me the links to that um, 
if you're listening to this, these links will all be in the show notes, including the um, script that Cal just mentioned. And yeah, I would definitely, if, if you know, some developers, this is just not going to be your bag. I understand that some of them are, are stuck in their ways. There are applications yeah. they want to run, but there is, there, there, there is a certain type of environment, whether it's team or complexity or just a workflow. Sometimes you just need something to work or to sync pretty well, and this is one of the better ways to do it. And as long as you mm-hmm. understand the pros and cons about it, if you're comfortable with command line and all of that, then this is definitely, I think, something to take a look at. So I want to yeah, thank absolutely. you. I want to thank you very much for um, telling me more about this. I'm more educated. Uh, more educated than I usually am a, on a morning. Um, where <laughs> can people find you and the, on the web? Oh, on the web. I was going to say, if they want to find me, I'm down in <laughs> South Florida. But uh, um, if they want to find they owe me, me on the web. Do I owe them money? No, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, CalEvans.com. Uh, that's the, the hub for everything. That'll link to blog.calevans.com, which contains my... Um, wisdom that I have been putting in since 2005 into WordPress. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're using the word wisdom here very loosely, but um, you know, that's, that's where you, and then on Twitter, you can find me at Cal Evans. Um, but nobody, nobody wants to follow me. <laughs> I, called, I called myself a professional a few minutes ago. So, you know, <laughs> we're stretching definitions here on both sides. Well, I want to thank you for your time very much. And um, I know you've always been a big supporter of WordCamp Miami. You've spoken there a number of times. And uh, thank you very much for everything that you've done and continue to do for um, the South Florida WordPress community and for the WordPress community in general. In fact, you did speak at WordCamp US in 2019, too. So I did, yes. Thank yes. you for that. Long time ago, but yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, David.